Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. How about it? Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. On the line now is the host of the BetMGM Tonight podcast and audition sports betting insider, Ryan Horvat. He is on X at Ryan Horvat, just one T. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan. Ryan, what's happening, brother? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm getting really excited for the big game, and you're probably wondering what big game is he talking about? Or am I talking about Washington, Oregon State? Am I talking about this Thursday night football matchup? We finally get a good game with the Ravens taking on the Bengals, yes. but no, baby. I'm talking about rotation number three nine seven SMU against rotation number three nine eight Memphis. The battle coming up this weekend. Okay, I'm excited for this one, man. I'm really excited for this one, but I feel like I'm on an island because. I've been listening to a lot of people talk about this game, believe it or not, and SMU is the sharp side. I'm going to be going against all the sharps. I'll be with the public. Oh, we love this. Memphis. I think Memphis is keeping this game close at least, plus eight and a half. I, uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on the coaching staff. Um, but obviously, like you get this game at home, and I feel good about Seth Hennigan. You look at the numbers overall this season, 22 touchdown passes, eight picks. They could do it on the ground. I believe they're averaging over 150 rushing yards, about yep. 4.6 per pop, I believe. You know, Tulane's the only team that kept them under 25 points. So as long as they're able to, you know, score some points in this game, I know, great breakdown right here, but as long as, you know, um, they don't turn the ball over, I think they're I think they're live in this game, man. So I was shocked to hear everybody going against them this week. Well, you got me hyped Memphis up. I love, I love hearing this now. It's just sort of common, not like the, the, the general knowledge when you look at this game and, and what – the Tigers have done in conference. They have beaten really inferior opponents by not a lot. Like yeah. last week against Charlotte, getting to overtime against Charlotte, one of the worst offenses in the country, and they got beat by um, basically a, a, a running back who had four career yards, who had 198 in that game, and then a, a, a play action, you know, to the tight end in the flat. That's that's all that 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 it took to get after Memphis's defense. And if you look at SMU though, like. They're outscoring teams in conference 270 to 88. They're top 10 in scoring offense, top 10 in scoring defense. They're one of three teams along with, get this, Michigan and Georgia. That seems like pretty good company to keep. But here's the thing that I I brought this up earlier in the week, just having watched this team uh, this year so far. They stuck in there against Mizzou. They stuck in there against Tulane. Tulane. They were up by 11 against Tulane at one point. Something tells me they'll get up for this game. It'll be a different intensity, and yeah. I think that eight and a half could get covered. I I don't know. I don't know which way I'm leaning, but I'm I'm glad to hear someone's leaning toward the Tigers in this game. I'm I'm glad. 
just just completely bucking the trend, bucking the knowledge, honestly, that that has led up to this game. Just because, you know, I I think that at home, uh, Memphis has been undefeated in AAC play against SMU. There's a lot of things that historically are on the Tiger side, but it doesn't really have to do with this year in particular. Well, I just feel like I really like the spot, right? They're 5-1, and one, I believe, in an American play, and there's three undefeated teams which in the conference, which is an issue because Memphis obviously lost to one of them in Tulane. Um, you know, and, but, but six straight wins for SMU, and I get why people like them. I just think eight and a half is a little bit of an inflated number. If this is, you know, if this game takes place, like this just shows you how much the betting markets have changed. If this game takes place like five, ten years ago, I think SMU is probably a six, six-and-a-half point favorite. And then maybe I like them because of what you said, man. They're a complete team, six straight wins offensively. I mean, and look at their only two losses this season. They've only lost to, I believe, Oklahoma and TCU, and they were in that Oklahoma game. They just didn't show up in the second half. But offensively, they're averaging over 500 yards. They have Jalen Knighton, who came over from Miami. and that's They have so many transfers, by the way. They rated that Miami roster, rated it. Yeah, they got Jalen yeah, Knighton, uh, Romello Brinson, Keyshawn Smith, or a couple of wide receivers they have on top of Jalen Knighton, who's their running back. They, they, uh, Rhett Lashley just absolutely took everything they got in the transfer portal from Miami. He really did. The only thing that scares me is like, like I said, turnovers, and they do have, um, they do have thirty-five sacks and nine picks this season. So the defense <laughs> is good, only giving up sixteen points per game. And right. then the offense is, give, you know, they're averaging forty, and they got all these, like you said, Miami transfers. But still, I like the spot for Memphis. I think they keep this close. I'm not going to say it's their Super Bowl because they still have a lot to play for here, obviously, this season. But I do think that they at least get up for this game. I think it's a touchdown game at most. Yeah, but here's the thing about Memphis, the way they've been playing up and down to competition. Even if they win this game against SMU, I still have to sweat out on the road against Temple in a a BYOE game, a bring-your-own-energy game in Lincoln Financial. That's just how this team has played, man. If if you've been paying attention, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous to see what they do week to week. You just cannot. Oh yeah. You cannot fully predict what they're going to look like. And defensively against these inferior opponents, it's been brutal, brutal. Now, what else are you paying attention to in college football? I know we have the news of Jim Harbaugh accepting his uh, suspension. Um, let's see, James Madison and uh, and Jacksonville State don't get their. Uh, their postseason ban lifted with their their um, move up from FCS to FBS, which I find ridiculous. But what what other games do you do you feel pretty strongly about this weekend? Yeah, I actually like a lot on the board this weekend. Um, you know, Oregon State and Washington. That game really intrigues me because Oregon State gets the game at home, and that's one where you know the betting line might not make sense to a lot of people because Washington's undefeated this season. They're number five in the country. We saw them a couple weeks ago beat Oregon. And then you have Oregon State, who has two losses this season. But those two losses, I believe, are by a combined six points. And they're obviously really tough at home. In Washington, the areas where they struggle defending the run, you know, they're outside the top 100 in most metrics. They're not really a great tackling team. And Oregon State, like, that's what they like to do. They like to run the ball. They have a pretty good offensive line. They're top three in the Pac-12. They're number two in the country in rushing success rate. Damian Martinez and Fenwick have both been excellent this season, man. They're top 25 in explosive runs, too, so they could hit you with the explosive. And then DJU's been pretty good. He could use his legs a little bit. And they're 15th in the country in passing down explosiveness. So I think they're going to take some shots down the field with their wide receivers like Anthony Golden this game and Silas Bolden. And obviously, you know, you got to give the uh, advantage to Washington's offense against anybody. They should get McMillan back this week, you know, with Polk and uh, Roma Doomsday. So obviously that's the best wide receiver room in the Pac-12. And Oregon State does struggle a little bit to defend the pass. But 
I don't know, man, at home. I think that they'll be able to get a stop or two, maybe a takeaway. Michael Penix, as good as he's been this season, you know, the last couple weeks he's been a little bit shaky at times, has the three interceptions in that two-game span. So I like Oregon State. I think there's a reason why the two-loss team is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the undefeated team. Tough place to play, really good coaching staff. I love this Washington team, but I think they get clipped this week. And then it's going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch here, the final week of the year, man, because I think Oregon's one of the best teams in the country. Yep. I think they could hang even with a team like Georgia and Michigan on a neutral. I know they got blown out by Mich- um, by Georgia last year, but I don't know. I think this is a completely different Oregon team uh, year two under Dan Lanning. So really like Oregon State. Um, another one that I like is pretty ugly. I like Michigan State against Indiana. This line doesn't make any sense to me, man. Four and a half with yep. Michigan State is dogs. Indiana has the worst run defense in the Big Ten. They're giving up 160 yards on the ground per game this season. Michigan State's running back, Nathan Carter, has over 700 himself. He's fourth in the conference in rushing yards. So I don't think they'll have to throw the ball much, which is good because they're on their backup quarterback. Noah Kim's been dealing with a shoulder injury, and he's questionable again. I don't think that'll be an issue against Indiana, though. So I like Michigan State plus four and a half. And then uh, one more for you. I like Miami at home plus one against Louisville. It's always scary back in Mario and conference play at home, I know. But Louisville, if you look at it, obviously, like, what Brom's doing there is great. I mean, they're 9-1 yeah. this season. But they got blown out by a terrible Pitt team by 17. They've only played two true road games this season, and that was the blowout loss to Pitt, and then they barely got past NC State, who I'm pretty down on this season. They beat them by a field goal. And then the important thing to me, like you said, man, going back to that SMU-Memphis game, strength of schedule. And, you know, Louisville, they're 9-1, and one, but they've only played one top 25 team this season. Miami, you know, they're coming off a close loss to Florida State. And I know Tyler Van Dyke's had some turnover issues, 11 picks in his last five games. But he's also been dealing with a bunch of injuries. And I just think that they're going to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. Not the biggest trends guy. Also, we rarely get Miami as home dogs. But uh, since 2005, 11-6 and six against the spread. So I like That'll Miami play. to upset Louisville. That'll play. Now, uh, taking a quick look ahead, and I know that they're playing – uh, at Maryland this weekend, but uh, Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, how much does that uh, affect the way you you sort of view them? Does it does it do it at all? Because I know he can, you know, game plan during the week, be on the practice field, uh, coach those guys up during the week, but he just can't be on the field or at the stadium during game day. Does that affect how you view Michigan at all? It really doesn't, only because Jim Harbaugh doesn't call plays. I mean, obviously, like, okay, so um, – if this is any other team, it probably affects me a little bit more like as far as the betting market maybe scares me off of Michigan, which I'm not betting Michigan this week. But the thing is, this team, man, like we saw it last week against Penn State without Jim Harbaugh on those sidelines. Like this team, it's championship or bust. Yep. They got to the dance last year. 100%. They got upset by TCU. They should have won that game. Like that's a bunch of vets, man. You saw Blake Corum after that game with his face beaten in. So like I trust those guys. But the reason I don't like – Michigan plus, or I'm sorry, Michigan is 19-point favorites, and I took the plus with uh, Maryland here, 19-point dogs, had to look, look what the number was. This is the perfect uh, sandwich spot. So Michigan beat the living hell out of Penn State in an emotional game without Harbaugh. Then they have Ohio week. State next week. Yep, yep. And, you know, Maryland, they should actually be able to hold up against the Michigan pass rush a little bit. Their offensive line is one of their strengths. And I checked this out, man. So here's another trend for you. Since 2005, Michigan and Ohio State, when they're getting set to prepare for each other, are a combined 12-21-1 against the spread. So they cover 36% of the time, and they fail to cover by approximately four points on average. And that includes 5-13 and against the spread when they're favored by double digits. 
I don't think Michigan's going to want to show a whole lot in this game, unless, here's the concern, they want to pad the stats for J.J. McCarthy since he didn't even attempt to pass in the second half last week in that game against Penn State. Maybe they're like, all right, got to get your Heisman numbers up, and then we get Ohio State next week. But I just don't see that happening, man. I don't think they care about Heisman's or individual awards. I think it's about winning the championship, like I said. So it doesn't really affect me season long. I still think there's a better team than Ohio State next week. But I am betting against Michigan this week, plus 19 with Maryland. That's freaking wild, though, last week. They, what, threw eight passes the entire game with J.J. McCarthy? Yeah. And still... It was like Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC Championship game against my Packers. And still handled Penn State easily. And I like... That's the big thing I have to say I have against James Franklin, man. And I know, like, some people say he's an overrated coach. I think he's a properly rated coach. We talked about that, I think, last week when we were, you know, Josh Pate with late kick. Um, Yeah. He he, he basically said, you know, every time that he's been a favorite, he wins, and he's been a dog in just about every other game against Michigan and Ohio State, and he loses. He's a properly rated coach. But I, I, I... Looking at that defense and how good they are, it's got to be so frustrating for Penn State fans to continue to stand by this team who seemingly has a good quarterback in Drew Aller, one of the best ones I think they've had in a while. They have a good uh, backfield, but they just cannot do anything offensively. It's stagnant, it's ugly, and there's just no real upside to what they're doing offensively right now. I mean, you said it, man. Like, So they throw uh, the OC under the bus. He gets canned. Yep. I guess rightfully so, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, like – the offense just hasn't been explosive. The offensive line doesn't get much push, even with Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Neither are even averaging five yards per carry. Drew Allers really struggled to push the ball down the field, except for uh, the game against Maryland a couple weeks ago, actually. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's just it has to be frustrating because you could beat every single team in the Big Ten except for Ohio State and Michigan. And it comes down to coaching. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, now it's funny because we consider him the best coach or one of the best coaches in the nation. A couple of years ago, we were like, man, this might should be, he be fired, right? Coach. Should he be fired? Yeah, because he, he couldn't beat Ohio State. Yep. So you have to beat, you know, the teams that you – you got to beat the big dogs. And Penn State, you know, like if this is Maryland and this is Iowa and like, you know, Iowa every year is going to win 9-10 games and they're going to get to the Big Ten championship game or Wisconsin and they're going to get clubbed by Ohio State or Michigan because they can't recruit – the same type of player, but you said it, man. Like you have Drew Aller, he was a higher recruit, I believe, than JJ. Five star, five star guy. He was a five star. Yeah, guy. yeah. So like he shouldn't, he should be able to throw a fifteen yard pass that doesn't end up in section two thirty. <laughs> I mean that offense has been tough to watch. So I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's been a very disappointing season, and like you said, that defense is damn good too. And a couple of years ago, you steal away Chop Robinson from Maryland. I really like him, even though he's been dinged. You know, the secondary isn't as good as it was last year, but it's still pretty good. It's just, what a letdown, man. Yep. Now, holler at me. We have Alabama and Georgia set for the SEC championship, and both of them were dominant last week. 52-17, to Georgia beats Ole Miss. 49-21, to Alabama beats Kentucky on the road. We're on that crash with that collision course. If you're, if you're, I, I know we're going to talk about it when we actually get to that game, when we get to championship week, but what are your early thoughts there? Yeah, this is what I'm excited for. So a couple weeks ago when I was on, I was like, I think it was Alabama-LSU, and I said, if you like LSU in the game, play Jaden Daniels and win Heisman, which he could still actually win, um, even though they lost the game. Although Bo Nix took over over that that market pretty substantially this week. Yeah, and it should be his award when you look at it, man. Arizona State this weekend, although Arizona State has a really, really, really good uh, pass defense. I'll say that. They have probably the best secondary in the Pac-12. They're not a good football team, but they got a good secondary. And then they close out the season with Oregon State. But I like that game because they get it 
at home. That game's in Eugene. So I don't like going against Oregon State if, if they're at home, obviously, in Corvallis. But, like, if they're on the road, it's a different team. So Bo Nick should be able to pad the numbers a little bit, man. He's been ridiculously good this season. Um, and Jaden Daniels, I think you kind of unfortunately have to punish him for the three losses, even though it's not really his fault. That's one of the worst defenses I've ever seen with so many five stars. Yep. But man, like I thought the play was, if you like Bama in that game, take them plus 1400, 14 to one to win the national championship. They only have one loss this season. It's to Texas. And we're never getting that price with Alabama ever again. And Jalen Milrow, man, out of nowhere, like if the season began week six, he would be in the Heisman running. He had the four rushing touchdowns a couple weeks ago. He could hit the deep ball. Sure, he's a one-read quarterback, but Tommy Reese has done a tremendous job utilizing him and getting the most out of him. They got the run game figured out. They figured out their outside weapon in Burton. You know, it's still your Alabama typical defense. Their biggest issue was their offensive line, which didn't make any sense because if you look at those guys when they get off the bus, it looks like an NFL starting offensive line. But they were struggling to get pushed, and now that's changed. So I think they're live in the game, and now I have the perfect perfect hedging opportunity. This was always my plan. So I have Bama to win the national title 14 to one, because if they win this game, they're getting in, but I'm probably going to end up taking Kirby in Georgia, you know, especially now that Brock Bowers is back. I don't know how healthy he is, but he played last week. They also got a little bit healthier on the offensive line with Mims coming back. One of the better tackles in college football. So I'll probably hedge now and grab Georgia minus 150 on the money line. So if anybody took my advice or anybody has the Bama future, I think this is the perfect hedge. If Bama beats Georgia, man, they're going into that college football playoff. They're winning the whole thing, and I think we're going to yep. talk about this being one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs. And I, 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 th- I think I say that already. I think I think this is one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs already, looking at what he's yep. been able to accomplish. I, 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 I think it's been impressive as hell. And, you know, I, I, I give Tommy Reese credit, but I did – I don't know if you pay attention to, like, the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach. I found it very strange that Tommy Reese was over Kevin Steele for Alabama. I know what Tommy Reese took over, and I know that like there was there was a lot of uh, questions about quarterback, and he sort of fixed all that, got the quarterback run game going. Jalen Milrose being more of a point guard of that offense, but Kevin Steele in that defense, good God, man, they've paced the entire season. I, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't understand why he Reese gets the nod over Steele for for Alabama's purpose. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Completely agree. The defense has been what's carried Alabama actually the last couple of years. Like, even with Bryce, you know, it was Will Anderson of the defense because, you know, last year even they couldn't figure out their outside weapon or who their best wide receiver was. It was Jameer Gibbs who was also a running back. I guess the case that you can make for Tommy Reese was, you know, he completely had to change the offense that Bama's been running the last couple of years with the quarterbacks like Tua and Bryce. You know, one week they had to start Tyler Buckner, who I could tell you as a Notre Dame fan is no good. And, you know, they had to kind of switch things up to make Milrow look good. Yep. And now he looks like a Heisman. So I guess that'd be the case that you could make for Reese, but I'm completely with you, man. I mean, the defense is the reason why Bama's relevant. If that's LSU's defense, they might not have a win this season. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree <laughs> completely. Talking with Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat with one T. Uh, Bet MGM uh, tonight uh, podcast, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Um, now, on to the NFL. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, we finally get a good matchup. I think Amazon Prime is, is happy about this, but Bengals at Ravens. Bengals, I, what have you thought, man? Like, they've had some really good wins, but at the same time, last week, losing to the Texans, they're outside looking in the AFC playoff picture. It's, it's, a, it's yeah, a strange spot for them to be in because everybody saw them rebounding, saw them beat the 49ers, saw them start to trend in the right direction, but they've had a couple of injuries. T. Higgins out, uh, that type of thing. Uh, Jamar Chase has been struggling with some nicks and bruises. And it just they they they're they're not pacing the season like they have the last two years when they made it to the AFC Championship. Yeah, like you said, man, they were starting to figure some some things out, and then they have the loss to the Texans. They lose T. Higgins to the week before. They finally got going, even got in the end zone finally. And then you also have the Ravens, who are coming off that loss to the Browns. They need to stop blowing leads. The Ravens yep. have had to lead going into the fourth quarter in every single game. They just struggle to close out games. And if you have a two-score lead with Lamar Jackson with that run game and with that defense, you shouldn't be blowing two-score leads against anybody. But I do like the Ravens in this game on a short week. You know, the Bengals have lost 14 straight road primetime games. Four of those did come with Joe Burrow behind center. Also, man, like as far as like season outlook here uh, moving forward for the Bengals, a little bit worried because that division's so tough. Even a team like the Steelers keeps finding ways to win games. And the Bengals have the toughest remaining schedule the rest of the way. Every team they see is at least 500 right now. And they got to get T. Higgins back healthy. You know, I mean, the Ravens' defense, I know they let Jerome Ford go off last week, but I think they bounced back. You know, and I think that this is a good matchup. I actually like what McDonald, the D.C., has done, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, has done in these four matchups against Joe Burrow. Like, they play tons of light boxes. They dare the uh, Bengals to run with Joe Mixon because he's clearly washed up. They play a bunch of zone coverage. They don't play any man, and they don't blitz because they know if you blitz Joe Burrow, he's going to completely pick you apart. So I think at home, I like the Ravens. What scares me is the number. You know, four, now we're at three and a half. We're over a field goal. Joe Burrow, I think, is nine and one when being uh, a dog of more than three points, which is a really good trend, I know. But I like the Ravens in this spot at home on a short week. I think they're going to get some pressure on Joe Burrow. He's been getting rid of the ball super quick. Since week five, he's completing 75% of his passes because he's getting rid of the ball under three seconds. Let's see if he's able to do that tonight. The Ravens are going to have to get natural pressure. Because like yep. you said, you know, McDonald's not going to have them blitzing a whole bunch. But if they're able to get home on Burrow, uh, I think this one might even not, not get ugly, but I think the Ravens might be able to win by a full touchdown. So I like Baltimore quite a bit. Now, Sunday night football, we have Vikings at Broncos. Um, and, and the Broncos are minus 2.5 because they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back games. I, 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 beyond the game... Something that I've been noticing, just sort of following that Broncos team, seeing them in primetime, seeing Russell Wilson play the way he has, 
Russell Wilson's not getting a lot of credit, is he? Isn't that strange to you? That's a 4-5 and five team. They started off really badly, but they've rebounded, and he has 18 TDs to four INTs. I think he's tied for third in, in touchdown passes. Uh, he's right up there first or second in TD to INT ratio. Um, you know, t- touchdowns per attempt, I believe he's first overall. Uh, he's completing 68% of his passes. Why? I know people don't enjoy the way he carries himself. They find him corny. They have all these different, uh, you know, examples of him, you know, doing high knees in the, in the uh, plane when they're, when they're going to Europe. Like, I get, I get why people are annoyed with the way he carries himself. But, damn, he's played good ball this year. He really has. Why does he not get the credit he deserves? Yeah, he's played really good ball this season, man. I mean, look at the numbers. He's actually been excellent, especially like when you consider where he was last year with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach and the year before that final year in Seattle where he was playing with a hand injury. Uh, he looks like Russ again. And I think, you know, I think the worst price is plus 450. I think there's some plus 500s out there. If you think Denver could make a little bit of a run here and sneak into the playoffs, I don't know, man. Sean Payton has them playing much better football. They're only a game below 500. They didn't trade away any of those guys that we thought that they were going to. At least any of the meaningful guys, right. and now they like kind of look like they're buying in. You know, the, I, I get it. You know, you beat the Packers, but now you beat the Chiefs and you beat the Bills, and now you get the Vikings. And I know we all like the Vikings right now because of Joshua Dobbs, and he's a great story himself. He's but I think that's a winnable game at watch. home. I like the Broncos. You know, and then you get the Browns next week at home. You get the Texans after that. There's some winnable games. So I don't know, man. I thought that Sean Payton was going to be a complete disaster. I'm not going to lie. And uh, all of a it sudden, it looked like it for a second too. It looked like it for a second. I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson actually deserve a lot of credit where people don't seem oh, to yeah. be giving it to them. I, I even even during that game that that win they had over the uh, over the Bills on Monday night, you still see people going after Russell Wilson on the World Wide Web, going after him. Because they, they just, yeah, they, just they, lazy. it's lazy. It, it's very lazy, and it, it, it's it's weirdly lazy because if you just look through the stats, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now statistically. Dude, he has a QB rating of 104. He has 18 <laughs> touchdown passes to four picks. It's, like, what if I told you Josh Allen, I mean, what does he have, double-digit interceptions? 19 to 11 right now. Yeah, like Mahomes has thrown picks this season. If I if we did like a standstill or if we did like, you know, the compare the numbers, man, I think people would be really shocked. It's the issue that people really only watch their team or they want to watch the big game. Like a lot of people aren't watching Denver Bronco football. <laughs> Other than right. me, who the hell was watching Broncos Packers a couple weeks ago? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I get you. I get That's you. The issue. Now the big game Monday night football where uh, the Kelseys are going to meet the Swifts. Um, that's that's really the story of the story of that that game in particular. Um, but at home, Chiefs two and a half point favorites. Uh, Eagles eight and one, pacing the pacing the season pretty damn well. How do you see this one? I took the uh, points with the Eagles when it hit three. We're down to two and a half. I think that's kind of telling. I think. I mean, this is obviously like the revenge game for the Eagles. They lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Was a little bit worried about the Eagles to start the season. Now. They kind of look like the Eagles again. They look like the best team in all of football, actually. I mean, San Francisco in the right with Trent Williams healthy and Debo healthy is, a, is obviously a nightmare, man. But um, the Eagles, A.J. Brown looks like the best wide receiver in all of football. Uh, you still have Devontae Smith. I know he's been dinged this season. They figured out the run game. The offensive line is still one of the best in all of football. Nobody could stop the brotherly shove. I think Jason Kelsey, I'm glad that he's finally like, not finally, I'm glad that he's getting all this love People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year nominations and stuff like that because 
or he's got an agreement under the table because I mean you know man you played offensive line. Oh, I take a rational. I, I I I told Connor and I told my listeners I take a rational pride in him being in the final one of the <laughs> finalists for that for that uh, sexiest yeah. man alive award. Yeah, and man, like he's probably taken years off of his life with that with the with the bush push thing going on. I mean, being <laughs> yeah. the center there, so so like he deserves it to be honest with you. But I just the Eagles, man. And then defensively, they could get after the quarterback, and the Chiefs are still trying to figure things out. They're going to be fine in the long run because they have a really good defense. I think Spags is a defensive genius. Their coordinator, obviously. Um, I really like their I like their corners a lot, and then I like Snead especially. Chris Jones, obviously a great pass yep. rusher, but like offensively, they're going to be fine. But they have to figure out who that other guy is, other than Travis Kelsey. You know, one week they try Sky Moore. MVS only runs like two routes, <laughs> yep. um, but they're able to run the ball. But I like Philadelphia, you know, getting the points here. I think that they win this game outright, actually, in the Kelsey Bowl. All right, please tell me you have the same, the, the only thought you're supposed to have about the brotherly shove, right? Are you, you're not a, you're not a band, the brotherly shove guy, are you? No, no. Okay, thank stop you. It. Like, thank learn you. how to stop it, man. I don't, I don't know. God. Well, it, it, no, other, other teams just can't do it the same. And, it's, and it's, it's a time and time it. again we see yeah. it. It's ridiculous that people do that. And then, like, I, I love the, the – my favorite excuse, Ryan, is when people will say, oh, well, someone's going to get hurt. Tell me people who've gotten hurt already. Like, uh, we would have seen it by now. It's a damn quarterback exactly. sneak. It's, it's, it, there's, it, it's been a part of football for a long, long time, and they can do it better than everyone else. I don't know why everybody wants to see this band. And they say, well, it's not fun to watch. Well, I, I'm also of the opinion, yeah, we, we've transitioned to offensive football where people throw the air it out 50 times a game. I don't like seeing incompletion after incompletion. I don't like seeing 25 incompletions a game. You know what I mean? From yeah. one particular quarterback. I don't think that's fun to watch. But if you have something you. that you can work to your advantage, you should use it. And I don't think you should be penalized for it. Yeah, I, I think that's just silly, man. No, you, you can't outlaw it. You have to learn how to stop it. It's a football play. Like you said, it's a quarterback sneak. And if I'm saying that I don't mind, like that, you gotta you gotta continue to let it ride. I think that's very telling because as a Notre Dame fan, you know I should I should uh, I should be going the opposite direction there with the Bush push because that was still one of the more painful losses yeah. ever against USC, and I still haven't gotten over it. But yeah, I mean, like stop the damn play, man. Um, it was like people that were crying about the shift in baseball. You yep. know what I mean? Like I didn't really have an issue with the shift. Now it's been outlawed. No, no, I you, you can't take away the play, man, because nobody else can run the play, like you said. And it's also kind of hilarious to see like a guy like Kirk Cousins a couple of weeks ago try to run it. That's a bad example because poor Kirk got hurt. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like nobody else has it mastered yet. So I do get a kick out of like watching these other teams try to figure it out. Uh, are you are you on board? Last thing on the NFL, um, are you on board with uh, Aaron Rodgers and a potential return in the middle of December? I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I've seen like Jets fans. Oh, go three and one over the stretch, and then have number eight return, and then we'll make a playoff yeah. run. I, 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 I don't give a damn who you are if you're using your brain and you look at that offensive line that gave up what eight or nine sacks a couple weeks ago in prime time. I'm terrified yeah. for Aaron Rodgers if he returns, and I know you're an Aaron Rodgers guy. Yeah, man. Like if if there was a shot to make the playoffs, then he's coming back because he's done this before. Uh, obviously, like at a much younger age, um, but he's done this before with a collarbone injury. Came back in a game against Carolina because they were they had like a twenty five percent chance to make the playoffs. He played terrible, and then they shut him down the next week. But yeah, he wants to be out there. That's what I like about the guy. But yeah, at some point you do have to protect yourself. And if he wants to come back next year, he's already going to be forty years old. I think you should just start preparing for next year. Yep. 
Uh, I agree. Especially this year in the AFC, man. You know, even if you come back, you got to get on the same page as your receivers. You know, like you said, I mean, that offensive line is bad, man. And Rodgers, the one thing, he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. And you saw it in the, what, three plays, the three dropbacks that he had in that game. He was holding on to the ball. <laughs> it was, it was, and it was quick game. They were, they, were, they were cutting. Can't do it. It was quick yeah, game. Man. That's the reason he got himself hurt. I, I like. I hated that day because I felt like it was a lot on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you yeah. know the the reasoning behind him getting himself hurt. He he let yeah. those guys go ahead and rush him when they. I mean, you had Dwayne Brown going for a cut. You had both tackles going for a cut. You had uh, Garrett Wilson coming right across the middle on a drag route or a slant, whatever the hell. Uh, type of route he was running, you had him open, and you still held on to the ball. And I just, I don't know if this is, this is a a good good spot for him to return to the damn Jets. I just, I, I don't think it would be smart at all. Now, uh, last thing for you, uh, NBA college basketball trends. What are you looking at? I guess in the NBA, we could talk about uh, James Harden and the Clippers being zero and five when James Harden's actually playing. Zero and six since he's been acquired. That's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, they've been terrible, man. They've been really bad. Um, you know, I really like watching, uh, the Thunder, the Thunder have kind of become the team that I thought that the Grizzlies were going to be, oh, uh, Gri- Grizzlies clearly missing Steven they're, Adams. They're, still. they're, they're too hurt. They're just too hurt. Ryan could use, could use job back. Uh, you know, but there's a game I actually like quite a bit tonight. I like the Brooklyn Nets on the money line against Miami as dogs. Um, I bet it plus plus one twenty. I don't know where it's at right now, but I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I know the Nets are on the road here, but their offense has been actually pretty solid. Like, if they're hitting their shots, they're going to have to hit their threes. They're attempting a high volume of threes right now. I think right now they're, you know, making about 38% of them, though. And the Heat, for whatever reason this season, aren't really defending the three-point line. I believe opponents are shooting 38% against them. And I just think that this is actually a really good spot. Uh, for Brooklyn, and I'm not too concerned about the Ben Simmons injury uh, with my bet tonight. So <laughs> I, gotcha. I like Brooklyn. You know, as far as futures in the East, it's crazy, but I think like right now, Philadelphia looks like the best team. Maybe they just didn't need a new coach. Tyrese Maxey has taken on that next step. He had that 50-point game Stunned. the other night. Tobias Harris has been playing really good ball, actually. And then Joel Embiid, you know, obviously the MVP. Bucks need to figure out how to defend. Um, the Celtics, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I've done it with the Celtics the last two years. Until Jalen Brown learns how to dribble the basketball in a playoff game and Jason Tatum you know, shows me that he could close games out. I just, I don't really trust Boston. And then in the West, it's still the Nuggets for me. I got to be honest with and you, it, man. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be chalky. Even like without Jamal Murray, they just throw a juggernaut. And I hate to say it too with the Nuggets. Like, I, I'm tired of seeing, like, I saw Jay Williams talk about it this morning. He said, uh, KD or Jason Tatum are his early leaders in the clubhouse for MVP. It's, it's, it's Jokic. I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you have any other take at this point. Nuggets, yeah, in definitely. my opinion, still look like the best team in the NBA, and Jokic is still unreal. It's unreasonable yeah. what he does night to night. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, like the 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 cause or the cause, the case he would make for KD would be he's playing nearly forty minutes per game, and you look at his numbers because they haven't had all three of those guys. Last night was supposed to be the first night that they all played together, and then of course Brad Beal was a late scratch. I'm all the way out in the Suns until I see those guys together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I'm worried about me, Bradley Beal's spine. I'm worried about his back right now. Yeah. I gotta be exactly. honest. Exactly. Like they're the new Nets for me right now, man. You know what I mean? Like, sure, that would be a dream team eight years ago. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but we'll see what happens with them. But Ryan, uh, appreciate it. Have some good luck this weekend, and we'll talk again next week. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.